everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we are talking about Prey. Not the one from the 360, the PS4 one, and Xbox, and, and other stuff. I screwed this up, I'm sorry. Not the old one. Yeah, not the old, not the, not the Native American one. I've already started playing the music and deleted both of you saying that, it's okay. Okay, good, sure. <laughs> oh boy. Alright, yes, so we are talking about Prey. Uh, really quick, just a heads up, if you're not familiar with the episode, the way we format stuff. So episode one, we're going into it thinking maybe you haven't played it, so we explain the mechanics and, you know, our general overall thoughts about the game. Episode two is where we will move on the assumption that you have played it. And so episode two will be our, our thoughts about the story and every kind of spoiler we can imagine. So... Now you are forewarned. Anyway, joining me on Talos One is the station botanist, Mr. Michael. Good day, gentlemen. Of course, we cannot continue on without our resident scientist of all things, just regular old science guy, Cray. Microgravity detected. I remembered. I remembered. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I was so excited there. Uh, all right, uh, Mike. Want to toss the stats out of the way really quick? Sure, sure, sure. So, so Prey is a, yeah, as you said, kind of a reboot or spiritual sequel to the original original Prey. Um, was it Human Head Studios who made that? I cannot remember off the top of my head, but but this new one is actually from the developer Arcane Studios, who you might be familiar with from the Dishonored games. It was published by Bethesda. And it has a, a very interesting set of people making it, including Mick Gordon, the composer of the Doom soundtrack, the writer of the Fallout games, Chris Avalone. And it was released on the Xbox, PC, and PlayStation 4 in May 2017 on the uh, CryEngine, curiously enough, something that I'd not seen Arcane Studios using before. Is um, Dishonored built on CryEngine? I think it's an Unreal Engine game, if I remember right. Hmm. I wonder if all hmm. the uh, physics in this made them want to use CryEngine instead of Unreal. Possibly, but I guess we'll we'll discuss how it, how it works later. Yeah, um, uh, just getting it out of the way, why don't you give us a baseline overview of the story, Scientist Craig? Oh, no, stop calling me Scientist Craig, because I'm really not smart enough to be named a scientist. Um, so, basic non-spoilery story is Prey takes place in an alternative future where JFK wasn't assassinated he funded the space program they built a space station along with Russia what happens then you are a character you wake up your name is Morgan and you seem to be just reliving a day over and over again but you somehow end up on the space station surviving and exploring and trying to figure out what the hell is going on while being attacked by cans of coke and fake cigars and coffee mugs. And coffee mugs. Lots of coffee mugs. And lots and lots of coffee <laughs> mugs. Yeah, um, it's Prey is very much an open space survival. Is it? Is it horror? It's not horror. We had this conversation already. It's not horror. Let's say thriller. Thriller. It's tense. It's very tense. And it sees you going about the space station, collecting things, saving people, and trying to figure out where this enemy has come from and how to defeat them. Is that... Is that short enough? I'm never very good with the story. 
No, no, I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Hopefully that's enough to get your appetite mm. wetted. It's, tr- it's really difficult not to say... But you don't want to say that. Well, that's... Because that's a spoiler. Well, y- y- you don't want to say that, Craig. Yeah. So, you said it. Huh. I'll beep over that bit or something. It'll be fine. Okay, all right. Um... Yeah, we're going to have to be really careful with this because there's a lot of moments in this that I wouldn't want to spoil for anybody because they are really cool moments when they happen. So if you hear random cuts or beeps, that's probably what happened. So, Arcane Studios, gentlemen. Uh, I know Craig probably has the most affection for it, but let's see where you sit, Mike, first with Arcane. Um... I've never, you know, actually in in researching for the show, it was only then that I found out that they were they were involved with with Bioshock Two, and I was, I was kind of like, you know, um, I I don't mind the Dishonored games. I think they're they're okay. They're okay. They get, it, you know, sometimes I don't like to be given every choice on the planet because giving me two options is is never a good <laughs> idea. But um because <laughs> I'll you know I'll just go for the most dumb way possible and make the game as boring as it can be and um you know it's it's never I, I did like I mean it was it was uh, Craig's suggestion for playing Dishonored 2 and I you know I'm glad I played it and but I don't know if they they don't really have a special place for me to be honest if you know what I mean yeah I I'm about the same way I actively dislike the Dishonored games uh I've only played a little bit of the second one, so I'm going to hold judgment on that. But I I don't like the first one a lot. Like, I'm much more of a Deus Ex guy than I am a Dishonored guy. So, for me, coming into it, I wasn't expecting too much more than Dishonored in space. Now, Craig, these are your boys, right? Yeah, well, to to a certain extent, it's more... The Dishonored series is very much where my heart lies. You know, I personally actively really like Dishonored and I think I understand uh, like Mike's point when you're given two options or three options or ten options and how to do something it's not sometimes not the best sometimes you just need a clear way through or whatever but for me it speaks to me quite a lot so things like the Dishonored series Deus Ex Bioshock to a certain extent and this Prey really 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 kind of like play my fiddle nope that's not right. They they float my rub your rhubarb. Yep, they rub my rhubarb the right way. I love that active choice and freedom to explore. Um, a big thing about these games as well is obviously an environmental storytelling side of things, which is where I'm in my element. See if you leave me on a space station, I will spend fifty hours creeping through every single room, reading every email, picking up every item and reading everything just to get a a flavour of the place. And it's the same in things like Deus Ex and Dishonored. You get all of that story and world crafting through the environment. So between those two things, I'm really kind of like, I I love it. That's where I am. Now, I, I have a question tailored specifically to you. Oh, dear God. Sir. Um, so you do like games with a lot of choices. 
is there a difference for you about like the choices something like Dishonored gives you and Deus Ex and all those vent crawlers? What are they, 1409 games mm-hmm. or 1401? 0491, number of yeah. 0491, okay. Uh, and oh, four, the five, choices one. you oh, get... 0451. Oh my god! Sorry. I failed. I, oh, no. I, I suck at video games, I'm sorry. Um, and the choices you get in something like Hitman, because Hitman choices I really enjoy, whereas... The 0451 stuff, mm-hmm. they kind of wear on me after a while. Um, Does that click the same thing for you? The choice, the op- the choiciness, it depends on what the choice is. For Hitman, your choice is how to traverse the place and how to kill the person, and you can kill that person in a hundred different comical ways. That is very choice rich, and I really like that. But in here, I think. It's it's wider than that. The choice it could be traversal. It's how do I get into this next room? How do I get over this thing? And it feels more physical. Like especially in Prey, you've got the glue gun which shoots blobs, which then lets you climb. So you've got vertical exploration. It's more free and dishonored. You've got your blink power, so you can just blink up and across and round and do whatever you want to get around something. That feels better to me than Hitman and Hitman it always feels a wee bit clinical and the end game is always killing the person and it's a bit of a puzzle whereas in in these other games it's more like it's more discovery you want to see what's in the room it's not just to get to the end to kill the person you want to see what's in the room and read the things so exploration is a major factor for you in that okay all right um well I guess let's crack right into history with Prey, guys. Um, did Where did this sit when you first heard about it? Or when did you hear about it? Uh, let's go, Mike. Let's go you first. Yeah, I I, um, I actually played the original on the, on the PC absolutely years back. Ah, good man! You know, I yeah, I, re- I really did enjoy it. I thought it was cool. I remember having like a, a lot of Judas Priest songs or something at the very start on like a jukebox. Yeah, before in the you bar? Before you go into the, yep. into the universe of the game. Yeah, yeah. It's always cool. I like, you know, it's you know, it's sort of like a time after Duke Nukem 3D and things, and you're thinking, ooh, this this is, you know, possibly going to pick up that torch. Of course it doesn't. It goes off into a weird, weird world of shrinking and walking up walls and all kinds of crazy stuff. But, um, but yeah, yeah, when I heard about a Prey 2 in development, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I'd probably play that, but then, of course, it never arrived. And then we know, of, of course, the... You know, it completely changed over and pretty much out of the blue, a new developer came on board and uh yeah, we got we got delivered a brand new game which looked more more like a horror game to me. Um and initially I was kind of a bit reserved because I was thinking, well this is definitely not the sequel I was looking for, but at the same time, you know, I thought I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Dishonored two was quite good. So uh let's let's jump on board with it. And that and then um then of course I waited a long time after buying it. On on the cheap, strangely enough, it dropped in price really quick. Um, but just got it, got it, and started playing it for the show recently. Scientist Craig, honestly, I hadn't, I hadn't fully appreciated what type of game it is. So I saw space. Oh, that looks good. Arcane. Oh, that looks amazing. Survival. I can survive things. Horror. Yeah, I'm out. I'm not playing that because it's horror. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. I I heard about mm. it. I didn't read too much about it. I didn't know any of the twists or the story or anything about it at all. I. It's almost instant dismissal. Probably poorly choiced dismissal of the game because of the 
horror and I'm doing the bunny ears inverted commas horror um, feel a bit sad about that now but it's great because now I've got to play it and think about it with you guys without having really thought about the game mm-hmm. um, in typical could, day fashion could I just very quickly could, could I very quickly say that I was completely unaware of, of how much um, you know it actually taken a, taken a cue from, from Bioshock and that was that was actually what piques my interest a lot when we when we came up to recording the thing but but i don't remember many people actually mentioning it i think i think it being developed by arcane should have been a slight nod to oh it's it's bioshocky deus exe mm. but yeah I, to be honest i didn't know that's what it was going in either um but in typical dave fashion i saw the trailer and did any of you guys see the trailer the red eye one i think i did like the groundhog day sort of thing yeah 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 it was, as it, soon it as i pretty cool yeah, as soon as I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, I'm buying this game. I don't know what it is. It could be a puzzle. I don't know, but mm. I'm buying it. That is a very cool trailer. And later on, I found out it's done by Arcane and went, oh, well, <laughs> I'll buy it just, just a little bit later on, you know? Uh, it wasn't until I saw a video from Extra Credits where they talked about the ending of the game. And once I knew the ending of the game, I was like, okay, I have to play this game that that is amazing so why don't we jump straight into mechanics um craig since you are the 0451 guy why don't you explain the basic mechanics here okay so you got basic mechanics you can walk forwards you can walk backwards left right you can strafe you can turn around and you can look up and down uh you can pick up things you can shoot weapons and you also have space powers as well essentially the, your essential mechanics you've got are you've got a stealth mechanic a sort of kind of half crap stealth mechanic which I want to rail on quite or wail on quite a bit because it's a bit sure um, in fact I'll just stop there and I'll say stealth in this game is pretty pants it's the biggest letdown for me is mm. where other games of this genre the freedom allows for stealth in this you can stealth your way up to an enemy beat them with a wrench even if you've got all of the added power-ups to give you 250% hit points when you're stealth and all this, it still doesn't kill them. So they turn around and just go and start attacking you anyway. You don't get that satisfaction of going through a building without anyone ever having known you were there because they're all dead. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, yeah, so it's like Bioshock stealth, not Deus Ex stealth. Yeah, exactly. And de- I mean, do it. DSX excels in stealth. It just it's just delicious. Um, We're going to bring up DSX quite a bit in this. I think we might. I think we might. And yeah. So you've got that side of things. You've got your stealthing and stuff. You've also got an absolutely fantastic craft. Well, I think it's absolutely fantastic crafting system. You can pick up an enormous amount of junk. Anything at all. Banana peels, used cigars, shoelaces. Um, chewed gum and you throw it all into a machine called a recycler and it spits out these lovely wee cubes in four different categories which I can't remember it's like organic material and metal and this there's organic synthetic uh, special and ex- oh, no it's like organic synthetic organic or, or exotic and I can't remember the last one yeah anyway mm. whatever they are there's a the last one anyway hold on a second hold on a second so I don't like the crafting system very much. Not? 
No, nothing. Personally. Visually, it looks it looks cool having a little animation. Oh, visually, it is so cool. I'd yeah. love to have a recycler. That'd be awesome, right? <laughs> um, I'm talking from the from the gameplay angle. So, a lot of times you will have to gather, like Craig said, an inordinate amount of junk, mm-hmm. and then go and craft bullets. And you push the little craft button, and you put your little cubes in, and then light show happens, and poof, there's some nine millimeter bullets. And then you got to go through the whole process again, and then again, and again. There's a lot of the crafting problems I have could have been made simple by just having a craft two, craft three, because uh, yeah. the way I played was very weapons heavy, um, and you get very tired of crafting six nine millimeter bullets in a row. And and then you have to craft some shotgun shells. It's like, all right, well, here's twenty minutes shot because I gotta go craft stuff. I don't want to sound like I an idiot, like- but but when when I first started doing doing the whole crafting system, it was like a case of, um, you know, I'd I press the button, or I throw the things in automatic, of course, but then you'd get like a, a weird little just pause between it where it says your item is almost ready, and then you'd grab it, and if it wasn't there, then you'd go back to the machine and be like. Is it not doing it because there's st- something still on the conveyor, or can I not just auto craft? You know, like oh yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit irritating, but you know, and you do feel like you're getting scammed, weirdly enough, because the amount of stuff you throw in there to make piddly amounts of of material, it's uh, you know, <laughs> it's a complex <laughs> process, Mike. It's like I'm the I resident know. scientist <laughs> here, and I just want to say it's really. <laughs> It's really, really complicated. Now, now, look. I threw a filing cabinet into that recycler. <laughs> I should get more than five bullets out of it. All right. <laughs> it is a bit. It is a bit iffy. But I, I oddly... did you guys, did you guys use the giant recycler out of on a regular basis? Oh, you're, are you talking about recycle grenades or recycle the actual recycler itself? What do you that, mean the that, giant? That on? giant container that you can stuff a whole bunch of stuff in, and then toss a recycling grenade you don't need to do it there you can do it anywhere but just use this recycler grenade on any pile of things i quite often when i got into an area i would make a bonfire of shit in the middle of the room and throw (laughs) out like chairs and everything and then just recycle it all a lot of those three-wheel doctor chairs were turned into bullets which is i guess ironic Mm. now that you've just reminded me of the biggest thing that i spent I, I told you I spent an, an enormous amount of time being scared of this game before I got over what is quite a low level of horror. But the chairs, the first example you get is there's a doc, there's seats and, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, there's a chair at that seat, there's a chair at that table, there's a chair at that table, there's a chair at that table, there's two chairs at that table. Why is there two chairs at that table? There should only be one <laughs> chair at the table sneaking up to it before the thing turns into a mimic. And since that point, I spent hours creeping everywhere, hitting every mug. And I was just, Mm. I was absolutely terrified. Like, you should have seen me. It was hilarious. And then the second time I played through it, I got through the first 20 hours that I played in an hour and a half. That's ridiculous, man. Yep, yep. This game does something that I haven't seen, to my knowledge right now, like I haven't sat and thought, I've never seen another game do. That? And that is, I've never seen another game let you craft skill points. Yeah, that's weird. The neuro mod. Yeah, you're basically crafting level ups. Yeah. And they're not very expensive either. They're not expensive yeah. at all. I think I got the majority of mine from crafting because I was I was weapons light 
Um, so the eventually there is a payoff for sneaking, and that is that your silenced pistol will kill a lot of things with one shot if you just oh, scan yeah. them and then just shoot them. So I I spent a lot of the time with my wrench crafting neuro mods to just be faster, to jump higher, to hit harder with the wrench, which is totally not my way of playing games. It's the opposite way from how I would ever play any game ever, is with a wrench, like Bioshock. I couldn't think of not playing that with a shotgun. You know what I mean? Or in my um, powers. Whereas this, I was like a wrenchman, which is ridiculous. I was a little disappointed there were no bees in this. I really wanted bees. Bees. Um, well, really quick, um, Mike, how did you play the game? Because I went weapons heavy, he went weapons light. I went weapons heavy, but primarily with the shotgun. Uh, it was, a oddly oh. enough, a, a pre-order bonus. So I kept saying, yeah. you've got a shotgun somewhere? And I kept going, where is this shotgun? And about, you know, good... One or two hours into the game, I finally got that bloody shotgun, and I, I upgraded the hell out of it. Yeah, um, I pretty now, much used that for the majority of the game. Okay, now now shotguns in video games are a sacred, holy thing that should be worshipped. I th- think the shotgun in this is absolutely terrible. Um, for me, it was very much a last resort. There's a nightmare in your face, and you need to, like panic mode weapon. So it's favorited. I favorited it so that whenever there was a nightmare in my face, I could press down and just shoot. And I, it was quite effective. If you've leveled it up, it's not the worst weapon in the world, but anything at range, it's slowing a bit. Pants. Oh, the damage drop-off is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, I, I know how shotguns work, guys. It's not 15 feet and suddenly the bullets bounce off mm-hmm. you. Hmm. Did that, Um. well, my question was, Mike, did that change? Like, were you very close because I tried to maintain a fair distance from enemies. You were just no, no. I was, up. I was right up in the faces. Um, you know, because the thing is, some I don't know a lot. A lot of enemies for me seem to rely on sort of like charge moves and things like that. And it was like a lot of the times getting so close to their faces, it, it'd be like the shotgun. Would, it wouldn't. I'm not sure. It'd be sort of like a battle of attrition. But at the same time, I think sometimes getting so in the face, it put off their charges in some cases. So I was kind of gaming the game a little, but. But it definitely did the did the business for me. I, I didn't think about it until you mentioned that. But yeah, a lot of the enemy tactics, in quotes, is very shock and awe in this game. Mm-hmm. Like They're very, blah, I'm a monster, uh, instead of, you know, actively using AI, which we will talk about later because I do have a little bit of a problem with that. Yeah. So you're going to mention turrets there. Your, <laughs> that, that that's something i did i i specialized in turrets i thought i was gonna be oh you know what i'm, I'm gonna be the turret man i'm gonna carry it around with me i'm just gonna plunk it down watch <laughs> it kill things pick it up and move on even when you fortify them they are the worst things in the world yeah they get they get knocked over on their side and they just look like these these beetles that are just trying to get up, and they can't, and then they explode. And you're like, wow, I wasted about 15 neuromods. Yeah. Oh, well. It's, they do have one saving grace, and that is if there is something like a nightmare or a bigger enemy, they'll focus on the turrets. So at least for that brief moment, you can hit them or shoot them without any kind of worry. You know, five, six seconds might Yeah, they're a nice difference. decoy. Yeah. 
But um, oh, on you go. No, no, go ahead. But no, you just reminded me one of your powers is that um, decoy yourself power. So you leave a copy of yourself floating and then run away, which is much better a decoy. Well, see, Craig, and this is a great segue. I didn't take that. Yeah. So, in addition to your, let's say, normal O four five one skills, your hacking, mm-hmm. your your engineering, your your you can sprint faster, more helpful. You know, your usual kind of human abilities. There's a whole separate wing of Typhon abilities, and Typhon is the name of the alien creatures. In case you didn't know. Mm. And these range from uh, telekinesis to, like Craig said, you can leave a decoy to um, Mass Effect the lift and throw powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, my, there's a my very wide gamut there. Um, your primary tiny enemy, your standard enemy, enemy is a mimic, so that's your coffee cups. They, they mimic things, they jump out at you. You can mimic objects and then actually roll about, so you can mimic yourself into a roll of plasters from the medicine cabinet and then roll through gaps and doors yeah. instead of hacking <laughs> or it's it's absolutely brilliant it's it's such a genius power um i didn't mm-hmm. actually play, my first playthrough was no typhon powers as well so it's not yeah I, I did that too for some reason somebody must have uh, i do have to admit though that the first time you roll through a security booth as a coffee mug you think you may well lose all of your health once you fall off the shelf onto the floor. But no, it doesn't happen. It's okay. <laughs> that would be pretty good, actually. You just fall off, crack, and uh-huh. die. I mean, your, see, your security booth there, I think, that's one of the notes I had was, remember when I messaged saying, oh my God, the Nerf gun, one of your weapons is the Huntress Boltcaster, and the crew on the space station had this ongoing Nerf war battle thing going on. So they were all crafting bullets and um, crossbows for this. You get one, and you can use it to shoot buttons on screens. So, Mike, you've went through the security <coughs> booth window as a mug. Dave, you've probably blown the whole thing open with a rocket launcher, or maybe you've hacked your yes, way sir. through it. I was kind of ducking and getting to the point where I could shoot my Nerf bullet through to boop the open door button. <laughs> and it's just... And there's maybe a hatch in the roof that you can only get if you've got the glue gun and certain powers. There's so many ways to get into that security booth that. Do you know what absolutely surprised me about what you say there, Craig? It's it's that you actually went through the 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 crazy ritual of zooming into the the biggest extent to get the crosshair exactly on which part of the screen you wanted to press, and then zooming out and taking the shot from there. And I was kind of I was kind of floored thinking about how much. How much effort you put into each one of those, to be honest. And, and there's, there's two things about that as well. There is bullet drop-off, so it only works at a certain oh. range. And with your um, psychoscope on and zoomed in, you can actually shoot. I turned it off for absolutely no reason, just to see the wee bullet flying through the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you can shoot zoomed in. Um, it's a magnificent thing. And tiny wee, when I discovered that you could shoot screens with it, I was like oh my god, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to message the guys and YouTube a video of this because it's just brilliant. It's the, it's mm. the perfect example of why I like this so much. <clears throat> well, way to tip your hand a little early there, Craig. I think uh, I did it in the, the first like 10 minutes of the, the show. I know, you did it like... again. <laughs> 
All right, so we've been we've been talking a lot a lot of good stuff about our boy Prey here. Um, I have a couple of things I'm curious to see what you guys think. So we did mention the absolute freedom you have. Is there a point to having absolute freedom in this game specifically? Because a lot of times it's I got up in the ceiling mm-hmm. for no reason at all. Yeah, um, that's one of my big problems with it is the lack of reward for vertical exploration you do get up into the ceiling and you're like i am a god i got all the way up here there must be something up here because you can get up here and there's nothing and it happens a lot you can get all the way into the roof of the lobby for no reason whatsoever it's it's nice that you can do it but it's sad that there's not a reward up there not even like a wee Mm. dead body to loot or find strangely enough in the room just before that um when you first start the game there's there's one room um i think it's where you get your very first neuro mod i can't remember but there is actually a bit where it's sort of it tries to demonstrate using using you you know your glue gun sort of thing Mm -hmm. to um that's to get get up onto a little rafter and you do find a dead body up there that's kind of you know that's like one of my biggest praises I have for this game is the way it introduces mechanics like that because there is a trail of glue gun blobs next to a glue gun on the floor and it's shown that you can build a ladder up and everything that's revealed to you like that is revealed in such a way that it kind of does it really nicely. That's nothing mm. to do with the point that you were asking about, Dave, but it's just sparked that thing about it, sorry. No, yeah, I, I think that's also a good point. The, the um, environmental tutorials in this are pretty good. Like, even when it comes to later in the game with, like, how weavers work, it lets you see one in containment, see how they work. And, oh, okay, so if I'm going to fight it, i got to watch out for this. Or I, I think it does an insanely good job with that yeah. stuff. Oh, it really does. The experiments in the lab with the recycler grenades gives you a solid introduction as to recycler grenades will recycle anything and turn it into cubes, which you can then use to craft. But it doesn't explicitly say that. It just does it through the experiments that people were doing. And it, yeah. I'm just like, um, this is this is lovely. Th- that was my oh shit button, was recycle grenades. Like, I, I, I must have... I probably should have recycled half the station. I'm proud of you as well, Dave, because I, I don't know if you did, Mike, as well, but I got a certain trophy for recycling myself. (laughs) (laughs) Good man. You didn't. So you were a heavy recycle grenader, but you managed to not recycle yourself. It's brilliant. However, I did kill myself in a variety of ways. (laughs) Terrible, terrible ways that were very embarrassing. Did I do Um, it or not? Yeah, you have to check and see if you did. So, before... I I have other complaints, but I don't want to pile on it. So, let's talk about the weapon selection that's outside of your conventional weapons. You mentioned the glue gun. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't find the glue gun very useful in combat. Did either of you guys? Um, In the start, I found it okay for slowing down enemies. Those kind of enemies that have that charged you know like charged oh, shot. The phantom yeah so you can glue them up a wee bit just to get a few hits mm. and that was when i was in very much in um i'm scaled and i'm shitting myself mode so i needed yeah. that as kind of like comfort 
but once I get over the scarediness, I was yeah, it's very much it's a traversal tool. I have to admit, I my, my glue gun was um, basically the reason I got so many shotgun attacks in on, on enemies all the time. <laughs> it's just you'd, you'd glue them in the tracks, and I'm I'm still not actually 100 percent sure it's even called the glue gun. So apologies if I've confused you all. I'm, I'm sure it has a more more sophisticated name than that, but no, it's the glue gun. No, it's Oh. oh, there we go. It's phonetically yeah, spelled. Yeah, it's G L O O. Yeah, get oh, right, right. That's what I said. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Me too. Me too. That's what I said. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I merged that together with the uh, with the shotgun most of the most of the game. Okay. And yeah, Did yeah. anyone get enough weapons and powers to completely fill your um, quick select? You know, when you hold down uh, your trigger. It, right. I don't. Is there enough in the game? Yes, there is, that? because when I was really? going through my, I'm playing with Typhon powers. I bought one of each, and then when you open your weapon wheel, it does this absolutely beautiful thing. I don't know. I've never seen it before, but it's amazing. It doesn't squish up the size of the weapons in the wheel. It turns it into a spiral, so you go round mm. once, and then you go into an outer layer, and it, it starts. Oh. Kind of like pull, drawn oh, away from. Oh, that's cool! It's really smart. So if you've got a lot of weapons, it just spirals round and round. It's lovely. Well, let's see. Hold on. Um, weapons we haven't mentioned would be the disruptor stun gun, yep. which I actually got a lot of use out. Oh of. yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and the Q beam. That's it, right? Pretty much. Um, recycler grenades, EMP grenades. Oh, oh! I am mm. forgetting about all the different grenades. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically you've got enough weaponry to physically harm things and electrostatically harm things. And I'm using a science term there. You might not understand, um, but there are mechanical. Could enemies. you mansplain it to me? Yeah, of course. Um, the grenade goes off, and it somehow electrifies. Um, it disrupts the el- electrical current in the enemy, and hmm. um, the enemy go down. <laughs> enemy go down, indeed. <laughs> I I hate to say it, but Craig, you've got me on this one because when I looked through all of those all of those grenades, I was kind of I don't know. I was just a bit bewildered by them. I was thinking, but where's where's my Bog standard grenades. I might actually know what that. Yeah, where's where's my where's my general basic grenade? Can I not just create a load of those? Because it was kind of like, you know, I'd, I'd come into enemies. And I mean, you get different types of enemies later and things like that. But just saying, I wasn't sure. I was thinking, is this the right thing for the right enemy? And is this even is this even going to apply? Is it worth using an electric grenade with just a phantom? Is that one of our weaknesses yeah, yeah. or? I was, you know, I was, I was a bit lost, so I just basically stuck with the guns and did like in Resident Evil, where you know you've got all your big guns waiting forever until you finally sort of use them yeah. probably on the wrong enemy. <laughs> well, that's the, the only the only difference I brought into it was I used my wrench for beating anything uh, with sponginess, and then the electrical stuff like the stun gun. If it's one of those telepaths or a floaty thing that's been overtaken, We've one got, of the machines. Yeah. Because it just knocks oh. them out of the sky, and then operators. Would... Was that? They're called operators. <laughs> operators. Little machine guys. Hey, we floaty guys. That's what I said. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want everybody to be 
you know, confused by all the science terms thrown about. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you, you're going to need to dumb everything down for people. Thanks. <laughs> um, My specialty. I've got another another um, note on mechanics. I don't know if anyone thought anything about this or whether my thinking is wrong on this, but there's a very... And it, I'm not going to go into the ending or how it affects anything at all, but I thought the morality choices in this were very well done to the point where I didn't realise I was making morality choices. You know, like in, like in Bioshock, it's do you harvest the little girl or do you save her? And it's very obviously a, a morality decision or in Deus Ex, it's do you shoot the person in the face or do you just knock them out and let them think about their life choices? Or do you really, really fuck with their emotions, <laughs> yeah. knock them out and then shoot them while they're down? <laughs> I, you could take that route, it's completely up to you. But in this, there are, I think there's something like eight or nine key choices that you can make that I didn't know I was making until near the end where I was like, oh my God, I've been, normally these are the kind of things where I'd be like, is this the right choice? Is this not the right choice? And this, it felt natural for me to do the right thing. Oh, look at the paragon of ethics over (laughs) here. It's just a science thing, you know, it's all logic Um, and buttons. After we're done talking about it here, um, can you put a pin in it and we'll bring up what some of those choices are in the next oh, episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to bring up any of them now, but it was just... Yeah, that's why I figured. On the mechanical front, I just thought it was really well done because I just thought, wow, I've made choices that I didn't realize were going to do anything. And that was nice. Um, it, re- it reminds me a lot of, and I don't know if you've played this because it is more on the horror spectrum, uh, Metro 2033. I um, is it, it rem- At some point in that, are you in a train tunnel? No, most, most um, of it. No, actually, surprisingly, it takes place in a shopping mall. The whole thing. I don't know why it's called Metro. Oh, yeah, it's called Metro. <laughs> Fucking, I think I've played it. I think I've played a wee bit of it. I never... I'm, I'm, a science, I'm a man of science, not a man of named oh, things. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, every, uh, the big hint is everybody is Russian. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the way the, um, the choices were done in that remind me a lot of Prey. Um, it, yeah, it's not near as ham-fisted as a Bioshock, or well, anything by Bethesda, really. Speaking of speaking of Russians, there is one weird weird point to bring up. There is actually a lady that you have a, a, a choice with at some point in the game, and uh, I don't know if this should be more for the the story section, but I'll I'll delve in quickly. Um, but but she actually, you know, she's she's not doing great, and she's definitely in need of your help. I think she's potentially Russian. But uh, what what was really odd about her is that the game actually did that. You know, the, you know. Sometimes you get the crazy three D character model thing where they stand there with their arms to their sides, just stood flat before they oh, fall. Yeah, the default like yeah Christ pose. Yeah, this this lady was basically trying to tell me that her legs weren't working, her body was completely beyond fixing, and she was stood there in that pose when I first walked in the room before she mm. fell down into a slump on the floor. I don't I don't believe her. I think there are liars in this game. I don't think you can <laughs> trust any of these people. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder I wonder if she's a problem because when I walked in and talked to her, and uh, there's a point where you can choose to do something for her that I'm going to leave alone, but I was in the process of doing that something for somebody, and a cutscene kicked in, and then three mimics rushed in and killed me, and I couldn't do anything. So always clear a room. Yes, always before clear a room. you talk to somebody. 
Mm-hmm. And remember, that person may be a mimic. You may want to shoot them just to be safe. Speaking of that side of things, Mike, did you guys, and, and this is a very minor part of the story, but as well bring it up. In fact, it's not getting anything to do with the story. It's a side thing. The people that are stuck in the escape pod, the guy and the mm. woman stuck in the escape pod, and you have to float oh, outside, yeah. open it up, and then float back in and press the button. Did you save them? Uh, as in didn't launch it with something clogging yeah, away. Yeah. Oh yeah, why? Cuz did you read about the people like if you pick up enough emails and stuff about the people in it, the guy is an enormous sex pest douchebag and dragged the woman in there because he was trying to get jiggy with her and she was having none of it and you just shot them into space. Well, it'll be an interesting journey. Well, I mean, let, let's be fair. Your choices there are turn them into a fine red paste or shoot them into space. It's very true. It's very true. But it's just, it's one of those things where I'm just thinking, have I done the right thing hey, here? You know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe somebody at Arcane is a little bit of a, let's say sex pest. I yeah, yeah. Term you use. <laughs> <Sounds Because laughs> isn't that the same thing as Dishonored? Oh, hey, with the Bolin sister, or not oh, Bolin the one who gets taken away to the yeah, yeah, yeah. Boyle, Lady Boyle, Boyle, oh. yeah. Um, the good choice is chain her up in some dude's basement until she loves yeah, him. It's true. It's true. I think that's purpose. That is, in fact, it's pretty much the same scenario. They're purposely there. Exactly. That if you want to do the right thing, it feels like you're doing the wrong thing. It's nice. just weird that that scenario gets repeated. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we'll we should have out. a talk with somebody or a game. They might be working long hours. You never know what's going through their minds. That's a good point. Um, however, uh, as a PSA, the bit effect takes the very strong stance of don't be a sex pest. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I'd like to bring up that uh, is a bit of a downer is... So, the beginning of the game is, like Craig said, as he was terrified, crawling through the game, very tense due to mimics. And mimics, at this point, can really still wreck you. And when all you have is the glue gun and the wrench, they jump around a lot. So, they can be a bit of a handful if you get two or three of them. Hmm. I did notice, though, and I, I see what they were going for, but sometimes the physics really belie the mechanic here. Because you can still see things that are mimics move. And not in a, oh, that's a tell kind of way, but like, you mm. know, where it does that shudder? Yeah. When it's like slightly on top of something. Although I think at the same time, it also makes a makes a little tiny noise, if I remember right, as well. Mm-hmm. As I so thought that was specifically yeah. a tell. Cause uh. no, no, not, not the noise, the actual, like... Yeah, the when, bloodiness. Uh, it's very hard to... Like, you ever play a game where there's a ragdoll dead body and then you shut a door and they're kind of, like, caught in between it and they're doing that weird judder <laughs> thing? Every once in a while, I would catch, like, stools doing that, but hmm. they weren't supposed to. Like, you can tell it, it's a glitch. Oh, wow. I took that the opposite way. I thought that was a tell. Like, I noticed it as well and thought it was a tell. As opposed but to then, a I mean... It, it might be. I mean, let's err on the side of caution. If that is a tell, that's a really dumb tell because you can't ever confuse a moving stool no. or mug or plate for anything else. I mean, my, my plates don't move anyway. Did you ever sneak into a room? Like, I thought a really satisfying thing was sneaking into a room, seeing a mimic scurry across, and then mimic itself into a coffee cup, which then rolls further forwards, and then comes to rest, and I'm like, 
that's really super cool looking. Like I, I. Oh, totally... I loved like you'll go into a room, they'll run past mm-hmm. you, and then you turn around and go, "All right, what object is there yeah. that wasn't there five seconds ago?" And <sighs> that is probably where I think it shines the most. They do it really well because when you're in a dire straits and need a first aid kit, and there's two on the floor, you're not thinking one of those first, <laughs> first aid kits is a mimic. You're going to pick up two first aid kits, and one of them jumps out at you, and you're like, "Oh crap! Done myself a disservice here." Okay. Um. Another thing I'd like to bring up, and uh, me and Craig did talk about this beforehand, because this this was a type of game that was very hard whenever we were like playing Mario Kart or whatever to not talk about. Yes. Um, load screens, gentlemen. Oh. This is like Bloodborne launch day load screens. It's not pretty, and um, being that I actually did a lot of trophy hunting post game, it really kills it. It kills it in game when you just need to get through an area to another area. But see when you want to go and try and find all the humans. Like, I found all the humans. All the dead humans. All the alive humans. You crazy person. All the humans in vents. Mm. Oh, my golly gosh, the load screens. They were... Um, I, I don't even get it. Cause some, I, don't, I don't understand games developing, so maybe there's a reason. But some of the areas are quite small. Well, I, I think one of the really cool things about it, even though it doesn't really fully factor into this, I wouldn't think, is that... You know, it, it, it does a good job of tracking everything. You know, you can put stuff in a drawer and come back to it, go through, you know, go across to another True. section. yeah. And, and, you know, it keeps track of, you know, like, by, uh, I can't even remember. Something like, remember uh, Skyrim? Basically, I think that had, a like, a memory leak because you could go through, you could do so much stuff, and it saved all this to your save data. And I've checked that, you know, the save data doesn't go to stupid levels in this game but it is doing quite a lot in the background by the sounds mm-hmm. of it every every level is, is state is a state num- right the way through the whole game so you're in the medical bay for something and you pick up something and knock over a cup and that cup's on the floor the rest of the time nothing resets so it is very it, I can understand to that point why maybe it's not a loading screen so much as it's a half saving what you've trashed in the previous place before loading what you already trashed and you you know what I mean there might be but something even saying yeah. that it doesn't it you know that the, they start off long and they continue long so it's you know it's, it's a bit of a shame really yeah well um two things come to mind um uh, you, you might be correct on that's why because you have the loading screen with your tips off to the side like most games do and then you've got a second loading screen after that yeah and I wonder if one of them is mm-hmm. just to keep everything in the same state. My question is, is it worth it for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. What are you saying? Are you saying, are you saying I, uh, impatience is going to kill a game? I'm saying I got a lot of games to play, Craig. Um, I, I can't be dealing with these load screens. No, like, like if it was a seamless, let's say, 30-second load time to go from deep space to the lobby and then to the Arboretum, instead of the two, three minutes, is it worth it just to have coffee cups in the same place it was? Oh, well, I never had, like, two or three minutes of loading time. I would never up at that. No, I meant... No, I meant, like, if you you go from, let's say, deep storage, then you get on the elevator, Mm -hmm. which is a load screen, to be fair. Mm -hmm. And then... You mean in cumulative... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cumulatively, it's, like, three, four minutes. It's a bit of respite and time to think, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just wondering, like, where you sit personally on that. Oh, I d- it didn't bother me in the slightest. Then, sorry, just as a, a, a statement, it didn't bother me. I was annoyed by because... it, and it was a bit like meh. But ultimately, 
it didn't impact my enjoyment of the game. I've, I it think did it me hurts. a little bit. Yeah, it hurts that Metroid thing a little bit, but at the same time, you know, with such beautiful smashing of windows and mirrors and things like that, I, I, I do like it that they look the same when I come back to them. I don't like it when I can't repair that window again. Do you guys remember where you go back to your office and there's two NPCs there and one of them asks you to go get certain files because you must have files. Mm. I didn't do that because I, I don't want to deal with five, six load screens anymore. So for me, it did negatively impact. I'm not saying it's worth not playing or, yeah. boy, this is a real big problem. It was just after nine, ten hours, it was like, all right, I'm 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 ready for this to be done. I suppose it did, it did impact my gameplay to, in such a way where I spent a lot of time in the objective list figuring out what the critical path to fulfill each point was so that in one area I could nail two or three different things at once and if there was an area Mm. between there I would make sure that I would capture stuff in there as well so rather than playing it like I'm going to go there and I'm going to go there and I'm going to go there it was a much more considered playthrough of trying to get everything. It might have just been due to the way I was playing but for me it felt like all right, I came out I'm going to just use deep storage because it's something I've said Uh, I come out of deep storage oh you've just sent me on a quest that has to go through deep storage. Why didn't you give this to me before? It might have just been the way I was playing that I ran into that a lot. But I, I'm also a type of person where when I get a side quest, I want it done now uh, yeah. if I'm going to do it. I'm normally like that, but in this, I'm not. You can't because you get you can pick up so many side quests through just reading emails and listening to audio logs that I was almost doing a whole sweep of an area seeing what I had on the cards and then figuring out where I could go that had the most things to do. Okay, yeah. And then do a full sweep of that area. So it was it was very different. And I suppose that probably was to avoid load screens if I think about it hard. Because I wouldn't normally do that. As a scientist, of As course. As a scientist. Well, Yeah, I don't think this game offers you all the freedom in the world, but I, I think at the same time, you can end up walking off down you know, random corridors that you don't really need to be at at the moment and making a big meal of the same place over and over, then suddenly it becomes part of the story later on and things like that. You know, it's it's a bit sort of, I don't know. It's a bit disjointed in places. You bring up a really good point. Um, I found this place confusing as balls (laughs) to get around. Like I knew where the Arboretum was. I knew where the lobby was and I knew where deep storage was because that's where the elevator stopped. If you were like, oh, you've got to go to, you know, uh, what were they called? Psychotronics? Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, where was that? Bottom floor. And then come I out the up, left, turn right. Well, look at you, Mr. Magellan. Okay, some of us have things to do. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Well, I meant, did you find it confusing, or are you as well, as a scientist, a cartographer and explorer? Um, I found it confusing until I found the genius of the station map, which... Oh, that thing is useless! It's not useless, it's actually one of the best representations of a a full game world ever. It maps out all of the areas, roughly where they are physically, but also whether you can get directly to it, or whether you need to go through guts to get to it. And it became absolutely key, and f- later in the game, figuring out how to get from A to B 
because you would need to go to the lobby and then out through the hardware labs to get out into space at that. But you know what I mean? It's very much... It's, you have a point. I was just really hoping we could have something as good as the near automata map. Oh yeah, yeah, because that map was just the best. <laughs> um, uh, Mike, did you find it confusing to get around, or were you kind of okay? Mm, it's an odd mix. I sort of see where you're both coming from. I did use it a few times, and um, you know, I, I think one thing that we've overlooked here is that, of course, you've also got the uh, the outside. So you you can actually come into different different areas from from going around in space for a little while. So it's kind of I don't know. Uh, yeah, did did any of you guys use that a whole bunch? Like I only used it when I absolutely had to. I, I didn't really use like the airlocks to get around. I started using it like it was this game's fast <laughs> travel, and then immediately found hmm. it's this game's slow and confusing travel. Trying to figure out, <laughs> figure out where it was because it is. We should talk about space. It's the quickest way. See if you're talking about load screens. If you want to get from the arboretum to the cargo bay, your quickest way is to get outside, float down, and then into the cargo bay. It's not to go through four or five loading screens, going through the lobby, and then psychotronic and this, that, and the other. So it's kind of I saw it as that purpose but honestly by the time I tried to figure out where I was floating I just couldn't it's so disorientating uh yeah in, in case um you haven't played this yet when you go into space it is full 360 degree movement and if you haven't played a lot of descent growing up uh it can be really confusing and the only thing you really have to reorientate yourself is the way the letters are on the station that lets you know, you know, this is the the Arboretum. Uh, unless they decide to spell it vertically, and then you're like, wait, was that vertical before? Or was it horizontal? I don't it know. It is quite a good nod to the original game, though. Because I remember, you know, that kind of... You'd be shooting enemies who were, who were upside down to you because they were in actual gravity and you were walking along a ceiling, things like that. It's kind of yeah. like... It's, it's a bit of a nod to that, I think. Uh, I also like the fact that there there were no noises in space other than what's in your suit. I like that. In space, appreciate. As, no one can hear you pray. But you see, they can because you can hear yourself because you're in a suit. So why do you have to lie like that? You're a scientist, Greg. Just like in space, exactly one person can hear you scream. Uh, well, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. And oh, one, one more thing, thing we didn't really talk much about is what Craig's going to bring up, and then I'll bring something up. What is it? What were you going to bring up? Because I was going to bring up um, the absolute treasure trove of Easter eggs and lore and Wait a nods to other things. What? Hmm. You just... Oh, what were you going to bring up? Never mind, I'm going to plow right ahead. What were you going to bring up, <laughs> Dave? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to go, because I was going <laughs> to... Anyway, um, the combat. Oh, okay. We didn't actually talk about combat. No, we didn't really, did we? Um, combat, I, I think, works well, like quite well, because you go into it with the best of intentions of, okay, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. But in reality, what happens is, okay, I'm going to do this, oh, crap, and then <laughs> it just, just mayhem. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Combat's funny because it's not the best, it's not the most satisfying, and... It's quite brutal and a bit 
Oh, now see, I think it's better than Bioshock. Oh, it's better than Bio. I don't like Bioshock combat either. I don't. I really don't like. Bioshock oh, okay, combat. all right. It's just not refined. It's not as refined as experience as, and we'll just say it again, Deus Ex as or something like that. That feels a bit more clean or Hitman, just a bit more clean, and a bit more you know, and a bit more refined. Now hold on, I just finished. I'm sorry for making you sigh, but I I before. I played this. Oh, oh, that's like the I'm not angry, I'm disappointed sigh. Um, I just finished Mankind Divided before I played this. Like, it was the game I played before this. I think this uh, this combat is more my style. Like, I enjoyed this yeah. combat more than Deus Ex. Because I really like the absolute mayhem of the whole thing. You are scrambling trying to shoot these yeah. things that are everywhere sometimes. It's funny because I brought up Deus Ex and I'll say specifically Human Revolution because Mankind Divided, I've only played it once and I didn't kill anyone. So I've never really technically been <laughs> in combat in Deus Ex. A lot of trank darts. <laughs> a lot of trank darts. Um, and a lot of sneaking. I don't think I've been spotted either. I think I've been completely silent through that game. Craig, sometimes I hate you. I know, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, there was no point to that ramble other than I wasn't impressed with the combat precisely what because of the reasons that you say you like it. Okay. That's right. Mike, where do you sit on this? I didn't mind it. I, I found a, you know, like an ebb and flow of it, which I sort of stuck to and kind of enjoyed, you know. Uh, I think my first, first um, upgrade was the combat focus. And it was kind of like, you know, it, it feels like a bit, it feels like a bit old school kind of the combat in this game but at the same time you know um, like fighting a mimic you know it's quite like head crabs in Half-Life or something like that and you kind of you know you jump to the side smack it in the head a couple of times jump to the side because you know it's going to jump serviceable but not I don't know not necessarily anything crazy Um, but kind of yeah it, it works it works well enough for me it works well enough that's fair it's not fun enough that it's just better to avoid combat like towards the end I need to go to mm. that door and there are four typhons you know what I'm not even going to bother I'm just going to run past them and get to the door it's not fun enough to entice you into a wee fight or a wee scramble ah see everything was dead <laughs> by the time I finished it <laughs> everything was dead <laughs> including some NPCs well, this is it. You people, you people killed people. You must have killed humans. How could you live with yourself? I, well, I, I killed a couple. I'm not gonna lie and say all of it was on purpose. Grenades were thrown haphazardly at some points. So, well, can you, know, can you sleep at night knowing that someone walked towards you as the head exploded? That doesn't count. Oh, those people! That doesn't count if the head explodes. Oh, I was going to say, they are all dead. But (laughs) if you shoot them, it counts. If they explode by themselves, it doesn't. But you can stun gun them and sort of save them. Well, see, what I thought... I thought it was going to do Resident Evil zombie thing. Or like, oh, okay, I stunned him, he's down. But I should probably kill him just to be sure he doesn't pop back up. (laughs) Oh, I, I didn't know it goes by like vampire rules where you kill the head one and everybody's fine. <laughs> I didn't know that. What were they like? Red zombies or something? Was it? 
uh, uh, Crimson Heads. Crim- uh, Crimson Heads. Oh, close enough. That'll do. I'm happy with that. <laughs> All right. I- I'll leave in Red Heads. I like that. <laughs> well, um, is there anything else you want to Easter talk about mechanically? Or do you want to go right into the Easter eggs? I was going there, Craig. I was going there. So, Craig. Yes. What about all the Easter I started, eggs you mentioned before? I absolutely started making a list and I've been messaging you going, oh my God, did you notice this? Oh my God, didn't I, did you notice this? So the first one, the first one you find in the room where you wake up, there's a book on electronics. Did anyone notice the electronics book? I'm not going to go through all the Easter eggs, by the way, just the notable ones. Um, it's a book by someone written by Antoinette Sokol, which is in Dishonored. Oh, Oh, the Sokol, Sokolov. yeah! Not to say the name. The guy that makes the wheel engine powered electronic stuff. So that was pretty interesting. Um, what else does it write down? Looking Glass, the technology that lets you do these simulations and stuff, is the yeah, name yeah. of the developer that originated this 0451 thing. <clears throat> I think I messaged you as well. The mailroom code. Wait, 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 what? wait, wait, wait. Hold what? on, I can't let that what? slide. Looking Glass is the, the thief they people, didn't... right? Yes. Um... Looking Glasses, Bioshock, um, Ion Storms, Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. What are you talking yeah. about? So, Ion... You said develop the genre. That was Ion Storm. No, I d- d- just... Looking the, Glass. They, they were the originators of 0451 as a thing. So oh, I thought that was the first Deus Ex. Curious no. question. Sorry. But System did, Shock. Did Looking Glass also do Flight Unlimited on the PC? Absolutely no idea. But, um, Didn't they do one of the like, Mech Warrior games? System Shock oh. is the first 0451 yeah, game. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I okay. So my confusion was I thought you were referencing it as a genre, not the first game to use yeah. 0451. So Looking Glass was oh, okay. the, the people that thought up this immersive. You can play it whatever way you want to play it. So things like Thief and System Shock, blah blah blah. Deus, the fact that Deus Ex has it's I'm not saying they're developed by Looking Glass, obviously. I'm just saying that, that they're the originators of it. What was the date one? I stand corrected, sir. Right, so halfway through the game, I'm not going to go through all of them, obviously, but halfway through the game, you're in the crew quarters and you find the code for the mail room, and the code for the mail room is 1959. And because my brain was wild on Easter eggs, I was like, I bet you that was the year that Bioshock was set off onto Google, yep. So one of the codes, 1959, was the year Bioshock was set, and there is no way that that is like some sort of weird coincidence That's it's actually that laden with Easter eggs, if that mm. makes any sense. There's a container floating in the cargo bay that's called the Cor- it's Carvo Container Corporation. I didn't even notice you know, that. Like, uh, that's pretty absolutely, good. it's just so 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 chocker with stuff like this that I just it was a notable thing. Anyway, that's all. And obviously, the code to get into your room is zero four five one. You know, if anything, playing these type of games really, really, we play games very differently, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> like I did not notice any of those <laughs> at all. Oh. I was just like, okay, well, that's a book on electricity and engineering. <laughs> Don't need to read that. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing I picked up on was Looking Glass, and that was that was pretty much it. Now, see, I didn't because I kept it kept being abbreviated to LG. I'm like, oh, uh, like the TV company. 
No, but there is, yeah, a, there no, is actually like, a looking glass room as well, isn't there? Which has got like big, big glass mm-hmm. mirrors. And I, I can't even remember whether there's actually a reason behind that room. It's like a... Uh, oh, it's like a little theater? Yeah, yeah. You get a big tag pop up. Yeah. And it's just, it, it doesn't seem connected to anything. It's just some windows where, where you can actually see a reflection of the moon in them, weirdly enough. Even though there's not actually a, an external door anywhere. It's, it's, it's quite odd. I, there are a lot of places where I was just like, huh, I wonder what this is doing here. It, it, a lot of it seemed to be in service of realism, of like, well, if this was a space station, this it would have entertainment here, or it would have these little quiet rooms kind of thing. That leads into, like, the thing that I noticed that at first I was like, why am I keep on, why do I keep on picking up five or six different um, blueprints for the Huntress Boltcaster? And I was like, well, it's because in case you didn't find the first one, you would find the second one. It's not that. It's mm. just taking a layer of the whole, these people were playing this game and they're sharing all these blueprints for things. So there's going to be duplicates of things everywhere. Everything like that, the realism is really there in in this game. It's very, it's very sadly rare, I guess. That the answer for why is something like this? Oh, realism. Mm-hmm. That's not very often the answer in games. Most times it's like, I don't know. I know. Because it was easier. When it is, it's quite often in a negative way. It's there for realism and it's done badly. Or it's there for realism and it's stupid. Whereas in this, I think it's actually... It's not realism. It's realistic in that scenario. I think I phrased that right. Uh, I, th- I think, yeah, like the example we were talking about where if, say, Bob sent an email to Annette's computer, you read it on Annette's computer. If you go find Bob's computer, it's also on there mm-hmm. in the sent category. It's it's nice little touches like that. That being said, they all died terrible deaths and they're all unknown soldiers because, well, I didn't find most of their bodies. Okay, well, you know what? Why don't we crack right into it? Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. Um, so... As you might be able to know, or be able to tell from this first sprawling rant that I've been on, that I wasn't a fan of this game. You tried to like it. You really um, did. You gave it a chance. I, I really did try. But despite everything I've said up to this point, it really just did. No, I'm, I'm only kidding. I I very much enjoyed this game. Mechanically, I think it's quite a mechanically sound game. I think it builds the world well and it lets you traverse through it in such a way where you'll be satisfied in getting from A to B and reading X, Y and Z and doing whatever you want. For me it it's probably better than Dishonored in terms of mechanics and gameplay and kind of, I'm not going to say story but story as well, but everything all wrapped up into one and I thoroughly and heartily enjoyed my time with it. Thank you Dave for the recommendation. Certainly, sir. Um, Mike, you want to close this out and I'll go now? Or do you want to go next? Um, No, you can go next. That's fine. All right. So this is a genre that I'm not really a huge fan of. I've played almost every game in the genre. I think Invisible War is the only one I really haven't played. But um, I, I can say I think this is the best. Like, even for all those negative things that... We said, like, you know, the exploration not really being that useful or, you know, the load screens, things like that. I think this is the best, most interesting version 
uh, let's say, an exploration and investigation kind of thing. <clears throat> I think it, it benefits really well from being on a very finite area. Whereas in something like Deus Ex, no, you can't go everywhere you can you want in Hong Kong. You can't go everywhere you want in Dernwood, Dernhold, Dernwall. Dunwall. Is it Dernwall? Dunwall. Is it Dunwall? Okay, Dernhold sounded better in my brain. I don't know why. Anyway, so you, you can't go everywhere you want in Dernwall, but you can go literally everywhere in this game. You can explore the whole spaceship station top to bottom and there's not always a reason to other than well this is what the ship would be like but i think the combat is better than any of those other games even though i didn't mess around with the typhon abilities at all because i thought there was an achievement for not using any typhon and there, there wasn't thank you craig oh. i didn't say there was so, yeah i did would I, say did I... you sent me a message that heavily implied there were trophies for not using any Typhon, not using any human, and not using any skills. Well, there's one for not using any Typhon. Yeah, I thought there was. I thought you said there was one for not using any human. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. How you'll never be able to prove <laughs> it. It's lost to the ether. Uh -huh. No way to know. Um, but yeah. So even if you know the story, the combat is a lot of fun. And I think it's worth just exploring and fooling around in this world. Mike, on to you. Yeah, um, so so it probably wasn't wise to leave me to last because I, I probably have the most criticism of the game. But That's probably uh, fine. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I got quite hyped about this game when I first came into it. Um, I really enjoyed it for a good good 20 or so hours, but I, I have a feeling it's a game that just for me outstayed its welcome a tiny bit. Um, it does. It does most of the things that I'd like. I'd like a game like this to do. It feels feels good to play, at least for the, the first twenty or so hours. I think any other game probably wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have made it that far, to be honest. So that's definitely credit to the game. But you know, when you think of it, I mean, what did this take me? Maybe about twenty. 20 so hours, twenty twenty three, twenty four. I can't remember exactly, but. When 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 you've got things like Bioshock, which can take roughly about what, 11, 12 hours, I think it, it probably could have been paced a little bit better. But you know, for, especially as a budget price game, after you know bad sales to start with, and initially it was played with bugs, uh, there wasn't too much wrong with it, to be honest. So, so yeah, yeah, I did did completely enjoy it. I think there's there's probably more about the game in terms of its. You know the other mechanics that we're going to discuss on the next program. So, um, yeah. Until then, I kind of like it, but let's find out more. Yeah, just just to put a pin in that. Sorry to pop in again. I think this is a game that is mediocre to serviceable in its mechanics, but the story really elevates it. So, if you're curious to see how the story elevates it, why don't you go grab the game? It's pretty cheap. Play through it. And meet us here next week where we will talk about the story and how that kind of fits into the overall portion of the game. Uh, the usual, you know, we're on Google and stuff, so just Google it. And, well, I guess all that's left is to say join us next week when we talk about the story and other bits and bobs 
and we shall catch you next week. Gentlemen, say goodnight. Good night. Good good night. Good night. Oh, wait, is there anything involving prey that we can say? Uh, uh, pray for me. That's got go, go 13, isn't it? Forever. All right, well, there you go. Um, I will pray, pray for us, you. Please. No, it's pray for you. It's not pray for me. It's pray for you. Why is it pray for you? Well, that's written that. Uh, oh, well, way to go, guys. Me, All right. Uh, three, two, one, stop. <laughs>